Hello and welcome to the Dad Jeans Podcast. My name is Didon, and along with my co-hosts, Harris and Brian, each episode will unpack, examine, and discuss the DNA of healthy fathering. While all three of us are fathers, the road to fatherhood has been different for each of us. It's our hope that those differences and the perspectives they bring will only add to the conversation. Thanks for listening. When we pushed record, the plan was to create a single episode entitled Kids in Sports, talking about our experiences and our approaches dealing with sports and our children. What we didn't realize was how much personal unpacking we needed to do regarding our own experiences and how those events have shaped our approaches today as fathers. We left so many questions on the table that our initial feeling was that we had missed the mark. After some thought, we realized that examining our why is not just important, but it's vital to becoming the fathers our kids deserve. So, we decided to break the subject into two episodes, more aptly named Youth Sports Parts 1 and 2. We hope you enjoy part one, where we chat about how youth sports help shape who we are, and we hope that you check back for part two, where we shift our focus and center the conversation on our children. Thanks. Fellas, what's good? Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's been a minute. Yeah, feels like it, especially for me. Why is that, Harris? Because I missed an episode um, dealing with family stuff. (laughs) Well, listen, that's what the podcast is about. So, you know, sometimes sometimes daddy duty kicks in overtime. Uh, Unpaid, of course. Right, right. Fake famous. Hey, glad to have you. <laughs> Why you gotta be fake? Just, just be famous, famous. man. Because nah, you're famous without any of the um, money. <laughs> like how that's the only you, you, you're the go-to. <laughs> you get all you get all the 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 drama and everything. We don't get the money. <laughs> you don't sound excited, Harris. Let's I know, man. I'm like Harris. Man, I'm get a smile or something. I'm hey, Harris, you famous. In. You famous to us, man. Oh, we okay. still ain't paying you no money. <laughs> we, ain't got, we ain't got nothing for you, bro. Affirmation. Yes, yes, yes. I got some <laughs> gift cards or something. All right. So I think this is a good time for us to go to our mental health check-in. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, staying with you, Harris. Where where are you? Remember. Oh uh, man. Ten is so, your hair is on fire. One is you you all right. I would say, believe it or not, I'm in good spirits. I am, I would say a solid four, like three and a half, four, uh, because I I feel good. Like I'm doing a lot of good stuff. You know, my new job is going well. Um, even though life is hectic, I'm I'm managing. Uh, so, like for example, uh, almost everyone has been uh, sick in the house, and you know, it's like I'm the only one healthy. But it's like. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a lot of um, I'm juggling. But this is probably the best juggling I've done in a very long time. And it's almost a little strange. You know, like I'm looking around like, why am I okay? Am I okay? Um, But I also want to make sure that uh, I do get some time to myself. Now that the world is quasi open, I need to remember how to have some self time. I used to shoot pool, you know, yeah. I used to to just go, you know, do something. And now I look out the window like I'm good. Let me ask you, Harris, you said that 
this is the best juggling you've done. What do you attribute your success this time around to? Tools. I have tools. Um, I'm I'm taking my medication. Yeah, like there was a there was a season in my life when I first started uh, like my antidepressants, and uh, it was I I never forget a, a stressful situation happened, and I was okay. And I I remember thinking like, huh. Normally, if this would have happened, I'd be feeling this, uh, but I'm all right. So, um, you know, I'm taking my medication, I'm doing a little bit of exercise. I could be doing some more, but um, routine. You know, now that I my job is 100% remote, I'm able to have a routine. We wake up, we pray. That's probably one of the biggest things, honestly. Wake up in the morning, we pray. It kind of sets the whole tone for the day the the girls are doing better like they're doing their their chores more um it's just we set intentions in the morning i'm gonna put it on that nice Nice. i remember early 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 in our in our podcast uh brian talked about the importance of setting a routine particularly for for small kids and it's something that i've been really trying to do so i'm glad to hear that Mm -hmm. it's working for you but not also like, like to say too, Harris, like we've we've known each other for I think it's what going on two years now, mm-hmm. um, or three. And we've we've not played pool, right? We've not been able to kind of live in your passion. Like we tried to. Yeah. Um and Yeah, then, we went we went to a pool hall. We went to a pool, we saw a pool table. <laughs> we saw some sticks. <laughs> and they was like, you can't get a table for another two hours. We was like, I was like, Harris, man, I appreciate you, bro, but I, not that much. But man, we, we definitely you. have to we definitely have to do that. But yeah. what I hear in that also is it's also important to to place value in the things that your friends place value in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that is definitely something that is at the forefront of you know us doing. Um, because that just brings the friendship to a whole new dynamic. Because right now it's really just kind of been based in the opposite. And that is most men don't have an opportunity to pour into each other like we are. Right. It's mostly it's mostly the thing. So it's mostly pool or sports mm-hmm. or bourbon. Um, but I'm glad we're doing it in a reverse order so we can be intentional about being able to meet each other where they are with their with each other's passions. For sure. Yeah. So I'm gonna get y'all drunk on bourbon. That's all I'm saying. And while we're playing pool. Yes, while we play oh, you had to say this. I I did end up drinking that Uncle Nearest bottle. There you go. Like not not all at once. That sounds yeah. I, I, like, yeah, I, I wanted to get that bottle? back from the atmosphere. I was like, yeah, there, right, no, right, right. No, we got. No, if if the listeners remember, I was trying to see. You know, like I had put the the Uncle Nearest bottle, you know, in the same you know credenza that we got. Um, you know, the Obama pictures on a plate. Nice, nice. You know, like oh yeah, you know the first. You know, I don't know if it's the first black, but you know, just the historical thing. Yeah. I got to put you on to, I know a couple other black bourbons um, okay. made still by, by black folks. So uh, let me know, man, because I'm happy to give you some recommendations. Some are local. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm I, definitely I on it. I got so, you. But I, I need a new bottle, Uncle Nearest, um, because Obama, you know, need. No, nah, I'm going to put you on something different. I'm going to put you on something different. We're going to have you a whole black collection of bourbon. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I got That's going in a different cabinet. <laughs> So, B, did you give us your number? Uh, at where I am as far as how many bourbons I have? Um, no. You're- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that may be the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, for those that want to know as far as as many bourbons I have, I think I'm at 62 bottles. 
Um, but but as far as my number first, uh, getting to compartmentalize it, um, it finally, it, this has really been a struggle for me. And that is being okay with complacency. I've always been someone that has been on the go and I hate not having things to do. And this season right now has been one at which things have slowed down professionally, which is good. We're getting in a routine as a family um, with baby girl going into eight months and Nas being three and summer camp and, you know, with daycare and, and, you know, my mom is coming back out here next week. And so like, we're finally getting into a routine where it's like, I don't have to rush every time. Like, I don't have to turn in things for a deadline. Like, it's kind of, this is what we've been wanting as a family. So I had a good friend tell me a couple of weeks ago, and this is what he said. He said, sit your butt down on that couch. Just sit down. Like, you are doing emotionally too much. And I just had to live with that for a second. Um, but yeah, man, I, I would say that, you know, mentally and emotionally, um, I, w- I, w- I would, too, because, you know, the pandemic nice. is still a real thing. Um, and, you know, we can talk about it later on. But um, I had an opportunity to go back to Milwaukee earlier this week. And, you know, folks out Why? in the streets like, huh? Why? Why what? Why'd you go to Milwaukee? I need to do to say it with some pride. Oh, okay. <laughs> What'd you go to Milwaukee for? I went back to Milwaukee uh, <laughs> because I went to game six of the NBA finals. Hey! I mean, All you know, right. hey, 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 look, look, I'm representing. I'm representing. Um, so, um, yeah, I went to game six. I can't see Brian. He's wearing his Chris Paul jersey. Uh, I don't like Howard. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Howard is who I'm talking about. I don't want all the HU Bisons to be coming after me. Uh, but yeah, I went to game six and, you know, just being in the arena and, you know, 65,000 fans outside, like you probably saw 100 masks. <laughs> 100 mask um it, it was funny because we walked into the state the arena and we asked the guy like do we have to wear our, our our mask throughout the game and he was just like i'm gonna give you the nba answer yes you do but then he said i'm walking away right now what you decide to do with your own body is up to you he like i got mine yeah and when i had mine too jack so i tell you that much so so yeah i would say i'm about at attitude because covid is still out there in these streets and this delta variant is, is what you're hearing and so so yeah, man, I'm 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 good, man. That's dope, Ryan. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you know. Shout out to the Bucks. I'm sure that that recent championship will will definitely uh, impact some of the things that we talk about today. But I wanted to to back up just a little bit. Yeah, you talked about being okay with complacency, and that yeah, it's not my space um, to mm. to challenge your feeling. But I, I would offer. Maybe complacency is is not the right word because it does okay. have a negative connotation. True, but true, true, true. All right, put as, me on one. As men, sometimes we are taught that that to be busy and to like involve ourselves and to put our hands in things is is how you show yourself. And like we don't give ourselves space to be at peace. Mm-hmm. True, you know. And, and, okay, and that that peace can sometimes be restorative. Mm-hmm. So when your boy was telling you sit on the couch. He wasn't like, because I want you to watch the Netflix thing. Yeah. He, was, he was like, because I want you to, I want you to kind of 
to catch up to recharge your energy. Mm. You know that. Yeah, yeah. That's for those exactly in the video game was. world, you know, we when you take your finger off the button, you let your weapons recharge. So, yeah. you mm. know, if for you real? want to say complacency, yeah. Come on, Harris, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Yo, you just taught me some, my world just expanded. I, yeah, I, 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 There's gonna be a lot of that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, so, um, yeah. I, I just want to encourage you to maybe look at it through a different lens. Be I appreciate that because I, ne- I never thought about it in the, I never thought about it from that lane, but that's more of the lane, right? Because complacency means that, like, it's still kind of this this treacherous journey that you are just trying to slow down. I like being in peace where it's just like I've just switched the lane over one more and really just trying to slow down and really enjoy the moment. So I, I, I appreciate that expansion. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, thank you for giving me space to even offer. Of course, man. So how about you D man? What's, 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 what's going on? Mr. Mofungo. Uh, yeah, man. Listen, um, for those that a- don't know, I, no, I ain't gonna steal your shine. Go ahead. Tell, no, no, no. Tell, it's tell them why you're happy, son. It's, it's, it's been a minute. Um, so since last week we got together and I and I shared, gone to Atlanta, did the, the Peachtree 10K with uh, my boys, Ooh, my high school. 10K. Yeah, my college crew, it was seven of us. Nice. And uh, all seven converged down to Atlanta. That was the first time in 10 years and the second time in 20 years that we've all nice. been together. So we that had, to, that to, had to be good, feel good. Yeah, and to just... And to, to be together, to be active with with people who I've cared about for all of my adult life, it was amazing. And um, to and some of my homeboys, my high school crew was it was four of us, and two of them live in Atlanta. So I was able to reconnect with people and introduce my lady to people who have meant the world to me through nice. all the different iterations of Didon. Um, and so from this there, is your we, life, right? From there, we went to Puerto Rico, where I had lots of mofongo. Um, yeah, fiftieth birthday, so we we did that, and um, it, yeah, it was good. It was it was a it was a good trip. You know, trips never are exactly what you think, um, but it was good. Mental health wise, I would say this week I've been at a six or seven, so that's a little higher mm. than I normally carry it. Um, and and I'll share why. So I'm I'm starting a new job um, in the coming weeks, and it's something that I'm excited about. Uh, it's funny because everybody's like, "You don't seem excited. You don't seem excited." Um, but the reason, so that the job is is a really great opportunity. I'll be joining the clinical faculty um, at University of Maryland's law school, and and that's out in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. The challenge that it presents is that. Since my daughter has been alive, I have been the parent that they call when she falls off the slide. The mm-hmm. parent when, you know, if there's something that needs to be done in the classroom. And this isn't to knock her, her mom. This is just to kind of to demonstrate what my role has been. Mm-hmm. And so Ella will still be at the same school, but it'll be 40 miles away. And so mm-hmm. I will be further from my child geographically than I've ever yeah. been. And navigating that space is, it's uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something sure. that I'm not leaning into. It's not something that I'm not excited to kind of figure out because the cool thing is I have a kid that 
every day she gets more and more self-sufficient, but she's still a 10-year-old, mm-hmm. you know? And while I know that she'll be okay, while I know that her mom will be okay, um, I've got some stretching and some letting go to do that this job um, is forcing me to do. And it's good because I don't want my professional opportunities to only be limited by my comfort zone, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. be it with the position or with the impact on my family. So um, finding the best ways to, to navigate that space uh, is what's taken the majority of my bandwidth over these last couple of weeks. Um, and it's, it's stressful, but a good stress and one that I'm leaning into. So any advice y'all got, I'm, I'm all open. Well, I was going to ask you, like, what are you, what are you doing to manage that stress? I mean, because to have that six go to a five is progress, but to have that six go to a seven means that what you're doing is not working. So what are you trying or what are you doing to help better regulate it actually decreasing instead of increasing? Sure. Lots of communication. Okay. Right. So first thing I did was I reached out to Ella's mom with a, hey, look, Next next couple months are going to be interesting. Okay. You know, let's get together so that we can map out some of this stuff. Level setting with Ella. Hey, you know, um, this means we can't leave at 7.50 to get you to school. <laughs> like, yes. We're we going to have your, all your clothes ready. You yeah. got school yeah. uniforms. We're going to have all your clothes ready on Sunday so we yeah. can grab and go so you can get just so just kind of preempting what the year is going to look like and giving myself space to say, hey, you know, these are the tools that you've been building. These are the routines, you know, this thing that we've all, all three of us have talked about. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And so here's your opportunity to put them into play. So lots of communication and also with my job as well. Yeah. Like, hey, this is a great opportunity. I'm loving it. I'm excited. I have a daughter. I live in DC. Mm -hmm. And, And they have leaned into me and Good. we've already begun um, conversations about what that'll look like. And, um, you know, the funny thing is I accepted the position when I was down in Atlanta. Yeah. And in Atlanta, there's a 35, 45 hour commute anywhere you want to go. Everywhere you anyway. go. So like, I'm trying to go to Walgreens. I was just you trying know? to go to Walgreens, y'all. Yeah. And I'm from California where, you know, there's a, you, you hop on the freeway for everything. And so... The reality is there's going to be a commute. I have a 45-minute commute from D.C. to D.C. You know, yeah. It's just the nature of the beast. So I think it's just the proximity, which I, I did a dry run. So I'm, I'm using all my tools also, um, trying to use this time to be thoughtful um, and communicating with all the important parties in the meantime. You know, I heard a common thread between everything that we talked about and the importance of connecting our passions with our future progress and hearing Harris mention pool, hearing you talk about your friends that are a different chapter in your life, me going back to Milwaukee and my hometown team. And so it's great just hearing like the foundations that we have been developed by is still somewhat leading how we see the future. And so kudos fellas and just really just kind of thinking about those things that can, you know, rejuvenate us. Um, you know, because in the midst of all the craziness that's going on, holding on to those things that can push us forward is definitely something that people are struggling and challenged by. So kudos to that, man. Yeah, man. Life life seasons are a real thing. And oh, you tell uh, me. Yeah. And they switch. Definitely, yeah. On the sure. drop of a dime. Yep. Absolutely. So let's jump into our question of the week. Yeah. 
B, I Question know you're of the week. excited. It, listen, it's not, it's not going to be that challenging. I already see the look on y'all faces. I mean, Harris yeah. look like he's just I'm like. Good. I'm straight. My knees, I know, I man. Made, I think you're really going to like this question, man, because it's not going to require that much, that much thought. Um, but kind of connected to the sneak thing. This. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm. <laughs> you know, I don't like this, Harris. This is like, this is like slow pitch softball or kickball right. gave me bounces. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> uh, no, not that at all. But it's actually going to connect with the theme of the show today. And that is, I want y'all to think about and share a single great moment in sports that you either had as a kid or you experienced with your parents. Um, And again, it doesn't have to be anything like championship or anything like that, but just a moment that you were able to share as a kid in the sport with your parents that... Um, is meaningful you meaningful to you today? So it has to be with your parents. Yeah, like either okay. they were either there, or you know, even if they weren't there, but you shared the experience with them, and they were able to pour into you. Both of those works. I got one. Okay. Growing up, I was a swimmer. Mm-hmm. And I swam in two places, parks and rec, free parks, and for my high school. And, and I make that distinction because the level of competition is very different. You know, when you swim with parks and rec, it's whatever kid shows up with some shorts on can, can race. <laughs> yeah. and, and in high school, um, particularly something like swimming, it is... You know, people of all grade levels, people who have swam at private clubs, who have private instruction, people Ooh, who are private. Summer, so, okay. Yeah, summer yeah, lifeguards. It's, mm-hmm. it's the whole gamut. So, yeah. um, the summer prior to me joining the swim team, I swam in Parks and Rec and I did great. Like all the blue ribbons, a bunch of different events. <laughs> like, I, I killed it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Look, I like the humble brag. And, and my mom was there. Well, no, this is the setup, right? Because I'm also swimming against the kid who, like, the the waistband in his pants snapped. The other kid oh. who got the cutoff jeans. So I'm I'm killing it. Oh. My level of competition is very yeah. <laughs> it's very dicey. I get to high school, yeah, and I'll never forget. Like, we would have a competition. We would go to a school in Beverly Hills, and we'd be sitting in the basketball gym, and the court would open up, and there'd be a pool underneath. Yeah, like, no. It, it was just intimidation factor. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this one particular swim meet, um, I told my mother not to come. I was like, oh. and, and you know, I'm feeling myself. I'm 14, 15 years old. Don't come. I don't, you know, I don't want you there, blah, blah, blah. You know how kids just get real. Oh, yeah. Old. yeah. I'm and, seeing um, the theme. We're going to talk about this don't come stuff. But, hey, all right, continue. I mean, yeah, because it's not a theme anymore. This is how he is. And um, it stormed that day. And mm-hmm. and to be clear, swimming is not a real exciting sport to watch, right? Like you're sitting there for hours. Your kid swims for a minute, you know. Um, and so I swam, and I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't lose, but I might have got somewhere third or fourth. And mm-hmm. I had a couple different races, and you know, I did consistently mediocre throughout and it's storming down raining the whole time 
And after my last race, I get out of the pool and I see my mother sitting alone on the bleachers with an umbrella. And it just, like, I couldn't even go to her. And, you know, at the end of the, at the meet, she was gone. And um, I just remember thanking her when I, at home. Um, Mm. I was embarrassed to be bad in front of her because she's seen me, like, you know, thrive at the lower level competition. Um, But it really taught me a lesson. One, who my mother is. Yeah. And, and and two, like what it means to to unconditionally support somebody who was putting in work. And so that I'll always remember that. It's beautiful, man. That's, That's awesome. Um about you, Harris? Yeah, I my story isn't as inspirational. That that is a hallmark movie right there. That is a beautiful story. My parents, they just, they weren't really into sports, man. So what I could think of is um, I did a a show, Rinru, karate, and they would come to my, uh, they they would come to the test, which is so funny because whenever I think about my parents and, 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 you know, celebrating achievement. It's always involve a test or <laughs> it, it always involves academia. <laughs> so this is a sport. Let me know when it's time to level up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they were, you know, they were very supportive. Um just from a distance. They they would come to the 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 tests. Um and I just remember again, you know, seeing your family in the bleachers, they weren't bleachers. It, it was outside of a pool. It was like an apartment complex thing, and they were just there. And it's funny because my my family, you know, were Caribbean roots, and I I never forget though. Like my family, be the only family like in suits and and dresses for everything. You know, <laughs> it's like summertime hot. They poolside, and you know, my dad is clean, in his, just dress. You know. And my mom is in the, you know the the African print dress. Nice. Um, but there was just this pride. Like I just always knew that there was a different energy when uh, when my when my parents were there. Um, yeah. So I, I there's there's no real story about it. It's just whenever I did see them there, and they never made a big thing about oh we gonna be there, oh we gonna mm-hmm. be there. It would just they would just show up. You know, so, half the time I'd be like, "How'd you know?" Yeah, I probably it was that letter that I gave them, you know, <laughs> uh, from the instructor. But they just they they showed up whenever it was a milestone. Nice, they yep. showed up. Yeah, Harris, I'm reminded of when you did the Mother's Day interview with your mom, and mm-hmm. you said it's just a podcast, mom. But she like showed up dressed up and with her makeup on. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, same deal. Yes, uh huh. That's yeah, a great he, connection, dude. Yeah, he said, like, you know, if she's gonna be there, she's going to be there. <laughs> she's going to be there. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what's yeah. up. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's good insight. B, um, say, yep. B, what's going on? For for me, um, I this is etched in my memory. Memory just like yesterday. I was in the police athletic league uh back in Milwaukee and I was playing baseball. Um, and back then, the baseball teams um, were named after um, not only MLB teams, but you had a guest coach who was a Milwaukee Brewer. 
Oh, wow. So I played um, mm-hmm. on the Robin Yount team. So Robin Yount um, is a Brewers great, and he probably came out to our games a couple of times. But when we first started playing, um, I was so depressed and upset because I was the best hitter. And I was always wondering why I wasn't first, right? Like I should be the one that hits first because I'm the best. And I remember, you know, I was like about to quit baseball because my coach put me at, at, at number four. Um, and I didn't understand, like, why am I the fourth hitter when I'm the best? And I just remember I was ready to quit baseball. And my dad, like, sat me down in the house. And, was, and he talked to me about being a cleanup batter, like a cleanup hitter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't get what that is. And then he starts showing me. And this is when baseball was big. Like, he showed me Bo Jackson and Reggie Jackson and Cecil Fielder. Like, all of these cleanup hitters who batted fourth and articulated to me that, The reason why you're batting fourth is because you are the best batter. And the idea is that the first, second, and third batters can get on base so you can hit a grand slam. And I remember he planted that seed. And like every time I went up to bat in Little League, I always thought about whether somebody was on base or off base, I always thought about hitting a grand slam. And so that is essentially like how I view um like my place in this world today in that I'm in the position that I'm supposed to be in. And so when it is your turn and your time, you grand slam, right? And so um, that is definitely something that is etched in my memory because if it wasn't for that conversation with my dad, because it wasn't articulated by my coaches, it's Little League, right? What do I know at that age about being a cleanup batter that my coach could have told me? Um but again, I remember one day Robin Yount came to the game. We had a couple of folks on the on base, and I went up and and hit a double and scored. And I remember him just cheering, and my dad was cheering too. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely something that I'm never gonna forget. He's a clean up batter, man, dude. Listen, we had a little pop belly with that too tight T-shirt on, boy. Couldn't tell me <laughs> nothing. Isn't it <laughs> amazing how that conversation? Like nothing about the game changed. No, nope. right. But but just changing your frame of reference and, and how you saw yeah. yourself, and and having that greater bit of insight. Yeah, it, it, it's so powerful. And, yeah, and I mean, I'm so thankful that your father leaned into it. Yeah, because even then he was like, "Okay, I'm just explaining this thing to my son." But that has that hey. has shifted how you approach the hundred percent. Everything, like even even to this day, right? Like everything, because uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, he gave you a lens. My dad before. Oh, go ahead, Harris. I'm saying he gave you a lens to see life. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's powerful. Yeah. So this is dope. Um, for those of you who may not have read the the title in the description today, we're talking about (laughs) kids and sports. And, um, you know, Brian, your answer, I, th- I think, is a, a great segue into the first question. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm aiming it directly to you, Brian, and to you, Harris, but, but I'll definitely answer it as well. Um, but it's based on my perception of, of mm-hmm. the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, if this makes sense, I see you seeing yourself as an athlete. Okay. Um, and Harris, I see you seeing yourself not as an athlete or maybe even an anti-athlete. Um, and, and 
both of you feel free to to clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that how how does seeing yourself in these ways reflect in the way that you navigate the world? You're both in leadership positions in your jobs. Clearly, you're in leadership positions with your family, not just with your um, with your your wives and your kids, but also you know with your with your parents um, and your greater family and in your communities. So I'm curious um, how this how you seeing yourself through these lenses um, impacts their, your walk. Part I I like to talk about kind of my experiences with ADHD because uh, one of the elements is um, time time blindness and so a a lot of who I think I am or view myself as is based in the present. Um, so there was a time like I'm I'm not involved in any anything particularly athletic right now, so I don't view myself as an athlete um but in the seasons of life um you know when i when i was it was um it it was always a thing about the competition and how am i how am i showing up um as part of the the team um it it's Give me the question again, just so I can stay on track. Sure. So my perception is, mm-hmm. is, and this isn't my opinion of you, but sure. I don't think you see yourself as an athlete and I maybe even as an anti-athlete. I'm curious at what does that mean to you and how, if at all, that does that impact your walk? Okay. So like I said, I don't see myself as an athlete currently. Um, but the way it influences my walk is I still respect all the elements and what I learned from it at those seasons of life. Um, you know, I, 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 there's one lesson in particular that I remember, like I view even my time doing karate as, um, you know, my, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I'm laughing because I have one of a friend, one of my friends talks about like there are a whole bunch of fat baseball players and a whole bunch of fat um, karate artists. But anyway, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's just not that much movement. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just saying, I'm just saying we're, we're like sprinters. No, <laughs> anyway, so um, what I, the one of the best lessons that I remember learning was I was concerned about the belt, similar to to Brian. Um, I wanted to be a black belt quicker than anything. And I was going for my purple belt test. And um, I was one of the students that had been the longest, but there was a younger student who one day in class, um, the teacher wasn't there. And he was just like, man, come on, let's just let's just let's just do what we're supposed to do. And he did it. You know, he started the class, and when the teacher got there, um, he was he was really impressed. And you know, I thought about it that day, and was just kind of like, oh, you know, I, yeah, I, I guess I could have did that. And then the day of the test came, and they give you your uh, they give you your belt, and whoever you know, in the order of you know whoever seniority. And the kid that was younger than me, that had been in the um, 
that been in the uh, class uh, a shorter time, but the one who started the class was placed ahead of me. Mm. And it, it messed me up. I was about to say, yeah, that had the impact. Oh, boy. It messed me up. And I'm one of those people who I go internal instead of external. Mm. So I wanted to figure that out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I remember when it finally clicked, it was like, you know, uh, it's not about the belt. It's about your performance. You know, your performance throughout. So that stuck with me through life. So am I an anti-athlete? No, I I, I respect the craft. Um, for me, it's a thing about what you're living in the moment. And there's so much that you can gain from it. Um, I just don't see myself as an athlete currently. But I still hold on to the lessons I've learned. Appreciate that. Now, say <clears throat> for me, um, I do think like an athlete. Um, I consider myself an athlete, but I also think like an empath. I also think like a chess thinker. I also think like um, a psychologist. Like I think of all the different layers. And one of the things that I admire about athletes and a few of my friends have played professionally. And what I've admired about all of them is the mental fortitude that they had. Um, I was just thinking the other day in Milwaukee while at the game, I couldn't imagine being one of 12 players for the Suns in a city that wants to see you lose. In a series where you've lost the momentum where you've probably had some drought in your production because of the stress of the game, but still being able to show up and put up 20 points. Like to be able to have that type of mental fortitude is something that I don't think is just based in athletics, right? I think that that, that has to be able to transfer into everything that we, that we do. Um, and so as I approach different things in life, I look at it, not as a competition, but I look at it as how do I evaluate my opponent? Whether that is starting a job, whether that is engaging with um, a project of some sort. And then I ask myself, well, who are my coaches, right? Like who's going to be someone that's going to be a teammate? And then from there, I start to put together the plan, the game plan or the playbooks. And I use a lot of sports analogies because I do feel that sports analogies are microcosms of how we can navigate through life. And so I'm not that competitive. Some people would say different, but I'm also someone that recognizes that if there's a winner, there's going to be a loser. And I also recognize too that there are people that have put in more work. And if they've put in more work, then, you know, nine times out of 10, they're, they're going to be able to show improve. And so, um, I that was a struggle for me at a young age because I was so competitive to the point where I got kicked off a couple of teams because I would I would just berate my own teammates and just be like, man, you suck. And coach would be like, you can't do that. And I'm just like, well, you, you the coach. If he suck and you ain't doing that, that means you suck too. You taught him how to suck. <laughs> I, I, mean, I didn't say suck. But. <laughs> hey, man, I got kicked off my volleyball team in middle school, man, for being too aggressive. <laughs> Uh, I need it's just help, a game, Fokker. It's just yeah, a game. Like, it ain't no game. It's my life. <laughs> I want hot dogs for lunch, fool. But um, but yeah. So I mean, 
I do think like an athlete, but I also think from different levels, depending on what is involved. So, see, I I really respect that. Um, and uh, it's funny because I just brings me back to a conversation Dedon and I uh, had even about the podcast. For me, it's about the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. So. I, this isn't a jab at you at all, but I, I wouldn't do the you suck because uh, I wouldn't want somebody to feel bad. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, I'm it, sitting there like, hey, man, them your feelings, them ain't mine. You do <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, <You> suck. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't mind being on a winning team, but I it, for me, it was how is everybody, you know, during the game, after the game, how you feeling? Yeah. You know, I'd be yeah. the one checking on cats when they strike out. Um, so it's it's interesting. I just, I never cared about, I'm not gonna say I didn't care about winning. Everyone loves to win. Uh, it just, it wasn't the, I didn't get into sports for winning. I got into sports really to be strong. Um, I, mm-hmm. I did a lot of fighting growing up. Yeah. And I just wanted to be strong. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to get beat up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people get into different to sports for different reasons, and I think you hit on something, Harris, because growing up, winning was the only thing. But there is something about having a team and being a part of a team and enjoying that time together on the bus to the game, or enjoying that time exactly. where you know those those purple belts are cheering you on. Because they want to see you get the next belt. And it's just like, we ain't fighting each other. Like, it's just, you get that internal and external motivation. And and that's huge. And um, you you made me think of something too, Harris. Like, um, one of the greatest sports that I I, I would think that any kid should get in is track. Um, Because you are a part of a team, but you are responsible for your individual event. Mm-hmm. And the Don, you are a part of a water polo team, and it's just like there's a lot of individuals on this team. And if you get a cramp in the water, like if you're in the middle of a transition, you just can't get up and get out. You still you got to figure it out. And so, you know, Harris, I think you hit on some very valid points there, and that it's not always about winning, but you have to get to a point where you you understand that. You know, for me. And I know the question was an athlete or a not athlete. Um, I definitely see myself as an athlete, but, but going back to the time when, when I kind of learned the fundamentals of, of sports, it's interesting because I've almost always been, no, I've always been on successful teams. They weren't always yes. winning teams, but I was always on the higher echelon of, mm-hmm. of, of teams. And, and let me be clear, not because of my ability, just because of random placement. You know, um, that wasn't random. I ain't try to hear that. But but no, here's here's the thing. I have been the I've been a starter on a winning team, and and been better on a team that didn't win, right? So like, I know how it feels to win it all, and but you had a minor role, yeah. And then I know how 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 it feels to have a a a larger role but not win. Mm-hmm. And, and there's there's all kinds of lessons, you know, and it's it's interesting when you think of a championship team. Like there's, I think winning is everything if you're the star, 
because everything mm. is on your shoulders. Then if you were bad in cleanup and y'all lost by one, then then you you're gonna carry more. But if you were batting number eight, the expectation of you was 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 fairly low from the beginning, and you delivered on that low expectation. And, and so you tend not to carry that same um, that. Well, it's people won't blame you the same. There you Reality, go. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody I was, I was, has yeah. a responsibility. Yeah, but, but they're looking at certain people to to perform in a way. Um, as I've grown older, I. I see myself more as a coach because I'm always looking for the lesson. I'm mm-hmm. always looking where can this, um, where can value be added that mm-hmm. that's not, I'm not playing basketball anymore. I'm not playing. I'm not swimming anymore. And I'm certainly not playing water polo anymore, mm-hmm. but that to use the analogy that you, that you use, Brian, a cramp won't stop me for anything. Mm-mm. If I get a cramp while I'm running, I'm not going to stop yep. because what yep. I, the very thing I say to myself out loud is I'm not going to drown. Yeah. Like if I'm running and I catch a cramp, I'm not gonna drown. If I'm yeah. on my bike and I catch a cramp, I'm not gonna drown, because I know how it is to be in the middle of a 13 foot pool with yeah. people who are leaning on me, who have expectations, and I catch a cramp. And you just decide, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but how amazing is that as a father that the transition from being on the field has now become making sure that the people on the field has a representation of of someone that is more than a coach. Because so I see you do these things with Ella, right? Like I, the, the way that you the way that you speak to Ella, because you don't talk to her, you speak sure. to her, right? The way that you frame things, like what's your plan, right? That's different from saying, so what you gonna do, right? Like, uh, yeah, go no, ahead, interject, no, interject. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Well, let, let me let me share a myth. Okay, right. If me and Ella are running and she catches a cramp and I say, you're not going to drown, she looks at me like I'm insane, right? Because, <laughs> because I'm trying to impart the lesson that she hasn't had. That she yeah. hasn't had. Yeah. The so, context. Yeah. You know what I'm so I, I forget sometimes that I have to pull back and yeah. what I have to do is support the opportunities for her to learn the lesson. Yeah. Because I can't just tell her. You know, yeah, file your taxes early and do this and do that and do the, all these things that we've learned through the lumps of life. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we try to do, which I think is a challenge when getting involved with your kids in sports. But um, you're right. It, it's an awesome opportunity. But I have to understand that my role is not to teach her the lesson, but to, yeah. to help her um, get the opportunity to learn them. Yeah. While you were speaking... Uh, another part of this answer is where I started going with the whole time blindness thing. Also, the only school that I ever started and finished at the same institution was college because um, we moved a lot. Black Atlanta University, CAU. There you go. Um, So being that we only, my father was a United Methodist pastor, so we would move every three to five years. So, you know, this whole thing about, you know, growing up with a team and and starting with a team and finishing with a team, you know, yeah, there, there are seasons of that. But, you know, they're just what I, I never felt like I was anywhere long enough to really make those connections. And then once we'd move, if it was something that I was really holding tight, tight to, you know, that pain of of leaving, leaving the team, losing. Um, I had to teach myself to disconnect from that. You know, when 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 I had to leave in the middle of a season because we were moving, um, I had to be comfortable with just saying goodbye. Yeah, 
Has that impacted your willingness to involve your girls in sports? No, because I intend to be. I, I I I intend to be in this location for a while. However, I guess maybe a little. All right. In some ways, I'm not committed enough to sports to say, "Oh, I'm gonna move," so my my children could be yeah in a in a different district, so they could be on a particular team or go to a uh, you know like I would do that for academia before I would do that for sports. And sometimes it's both, but I know like for some people, the team is, it's all about that. You know, we're going to make sure we make a certain amount of money so they could go to these special camps so they could be a part of these special clubs. Those are, and it's not anything negative. It's just, those aren't on my priority list. And for me, I see that I don't get into anything without an expectation to be the best. So it's in some ways it feels like if I can't do all of that, my children can't be the best. So I'm pushing back on you, Harris. I totally understand and we're clear on on what you're not. But but I'm asking about your willingness to get your girls involved in sports. Um, mm-hmm. Is that an interest? Is it not an interest? Um, and and if it's not, is it impacted by? You know the challenge of having to leave because that's gut wrenching. I've I've had to leave a sport midway through, um, so I'm just I just want to make sure that that I frame the question in a way that 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 allows you to answer it um, fully. Yeah, I mean maybe in a subconscious level, but uh, it's just it's just not a priority. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. like I, I'm okay with it. It's it's great. Uh, it, I feel and like you and you don't have no, to defend it. No, no, no. Yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. I I do believe in being a passionpreneur, and what I mean by that is I want to build around my kids' passions. And since we're not an athletic family, meaning you know we're not watching games on TV, you know that I know some make people you an athletic parent, no, like family. No, hear me, hear me, hear me. Okay, okay. There is there aren't elements in this family that say this is something to be excited about you know they they don't they don't see their uncles or see you know their cousins at games there there's nothing um that happens on a regular basis that i think piques their interest around it you know they see their mother doing art you know they see me doing speeches um you know especially now that i'm not playing pool they don't they don't even get to see me doing pool anymore so I mean, we take them to uh, the community center and they'll do like the kitty stuff. But, you know, if it's raining, we probably ain't going to (laughs) go. It's just it's not it's it's not something that any of us in this household are are particularly passionate about. Uh, It's just. It's, we just, um, but I think if we were passionate about it, or even if Mallory was passionate about it, I think one of the girls would be all over it. And if they showed an interest in it, I would pour into that interest. But I, but I think the challenge becomes is that sports is not all encompassing, right? Because you could take this mindset to something that they do with art, 
You can take this mindset to the speeches that they will do. You could take this mindset huh. into how they are with, with within school. Like we're not a sports family, right? Like I ain't walking around wearing jerseys, right? Like I ain't sitting there every Sunday at one o'clock watching football, right? Like I like we we we're not, and I didn't grow up in that type of family. Like when I was younger, I watched my dad play softball. I knew that my mother played high school sports um, as well. But like, I just got to a point where that's I was exactly like, what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, but but hear me out. Like, I don't place value in wasting time or committing time to watching something on television consistently, right? To getting like, I I don't even get my son sports shirts or anything like that, right? And and we talked about this earlier on. Like, I ain't trying. Dude, to you just anything. went to the finals, but. But if I went to one finals in 42 years, did you see the picture of your face? But, but hear, but hear me out, right? Like, the Bucks had their parade yesterday, July 22nd. My dad went home on July 22nd. The Bucks won in six games. My dad died six years ago, right? And so, like, the way that God works, and that's not sports. Right. Like it's really trying to find meaning in the experience and for that moment. Am I going if they if the Bucks make it to, to game six next year and go, I'm not I probably won't go. But you know, I think that we have to get out of this mindset that to be an athletic mind, an athletic person is is one trajectory, right? Because one of the things that I kind of matured in as I became an athlete deeper into these sports is I became the motivator. Right. So I was giving the team prayer. Right. I was going ahead and rallying the players. And that was something that I cherish more was being able to bring the team together. And so when I think about Nas, it's like that's how I engage with them. Right. Like, just like, bro, you got this, you know. And so I, I, I feel that you can take that athletic mindset to anything that you do. And it just doesn't have to be sports. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. And. I apologize if my response put you in that space because no, I, I don't. You gotta apologize. Remember, I I'm don't. Athlete. I'm tough. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not making any of your connections. Uh, but <laughs> nah, I mean, I everything you're saying, I I agree with. What I I think what you're missing is these moments are still happening. And your children are seeing it, even if it if if it's once or twice. Like it, I I don't think that there's any question that sports in some way, shape, form. I mean, you talk about sports in your examples. Um, even though you might say you're not an athletic household, I mean, you you go running on a regular basis. You um, you know you got weights in your garage. Y'all, y'all do watch games, and I'm sure the one or two games that you watch, there's a certain energy that's there that, for children, is unforgettable. It could be one time of a child seeing you, you know, just completely enthralled, and they're like, "Wow, I want to be a part of that." You know, I want to make my dad feel that way. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is, even if we looked at it from a percentage. You know, like if it's 5% in my household and it's only 20% in your household, it's still more. There are more opportunities for them to latch on to sports as a foundational element of their lives. 
let me ask you this, Harris. <laughs> With Ella, I am actively seeking to deprogram, right? Her mother will say, yeah, girls don't sweat. Mommy doesn't sweat. <laughs> and yeah, that's not for me. Um, is there any fear that your daughters will look at physical competition or physical activity and not see it as a realm where they belong? So they're both involved in Taekwondo. Okay. Which physical, you know, physical contact. Um, I know personally, I didn't do well with uh, like basketball. You know, I, I was on the basketball team and great three point shooter. You know, I was over 50% for, for, for free throws. You're talking about an athlete and you know your percentage? I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't know none of my percentages. I just know seasons. I was putting in buckets. It was a like, season I in my life. My... Oh, my gosh. I, I, I would love going to Dave and Buster's. I, I, I tear up both of y'all <laughs> <laughs> on the free throw game. But listen, I was uh, – anyway, uh, you could, I ain't going to let you derail me. Um, Go into your Al Bundy moment. <laughs> what I ahead, struggle man. with you Got your jersey is, in your basement, don't you? What I struggle with are the Bryans, who is mean as hell. Um, I mean. I'm just competitive. <laughs> who was handing out you sucks at the end of the game. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, he was making it rain you suck tickets. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, uh, that's the part that I cringe personally about. Okay. But. Um, again, if they were interested in it, if Mallory was interested in it, hell, if my mom was interested in it and felt like taking them, <laughs> I'd be all about it. Well, and and we can move off of you, Harris, but I got one more question. How do you know if they're interested if they're not exposed to it? True. Like you, well, that's you what I'm saying. No. Her family doesn't, it's not something that's a natural connection yeah. with other members of the family. It's not, it's not part of your at-home entertainment. Like they may not know lacrosse exists, yeah, or soccer or whatever the. the sport Maybe I'm is. missing the essence. I, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about this question, and I feel like I'm still not answering what y'all. No, you, are, you, what, no, I, you, you are, and I'm glad that we're able to safely challenge each other, right? Because yeah, not only yeah, are we I'm opening fine, up yeah. the space to make to make points, but we're also making healthy assumptions, right? Yeah, that I mean, in due time, we'll be able to articulate and, and kind of show and prove. Um, you know, because again, you may think that you're 5%, but whatever number you put it on, you're still exposing them to things that are new and that are different. And that's exactly what we are trying to do as fathers. I mean, just because I run and I lift weights, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm trying to build up Nas's mindset on beating the next person as much as it's just a healthy lifestyle. Um, but I think you're hitting on, on, on multiple points and, you know, your daughters are going to be great at anything that they do. And they will develop they will develop aspects of dealing with whatever pressures that work is or whatever pressure that competition is in the best way possible. Um, but you have a very nurturing household that, regardless on if it's Taekwondo or if it's them doing speeches, they know that there's love in that family to help them get through whatever they're getting through, right? So that's exactly uh, what I think. Any household should have. There are some households that place so much value in sports that kids can't even breathe. 
like look up the Todd uh, Todd Marinovich story. Yes, USC. Yeah, just I mean, I, I mean, this kid was machined to be a top athlete, a top quarterback, and his dad had him drinking protein smoothies and taking creatine all throughout high school, and this he he made it to USC as a top quarterback in the country. And then got to the league and the pressure just hit him. Right. And so that's one extreme. I like where we currently are in that. Listen, Nas is watching a cartoon right now with horses and rainbows. And the main character is a girl. And I'm like, hey, if that's what you want to do, son, hey, shout out to Shira. Listen, if that's what you want to do and that makes you happy, son, go ahead. I'm, I'm not trying to put him in front of He-Man and, and Ninja Turtles and, and get, get him aggressive. So just not doing those things. I want him I, to be able to grow up and have his own passion, especially when it comes to sports. So I can go ahead and nurture that passion. I, I think part of what D-Don might even be getting at. So there's obviously a disconnect. There's something that I'm not getting that the two of you are talking about. And maybe it's because the two of you are have a much closer proximity to being fully active and engaged in sports. So, cause I, I feel like I'm not answering the question um, because my answers are, are um, the, the response that I'm getting from you guys is no, 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 that's not it. And for me, like many things in my life, it's, it's on a, um, on a spectrum. And I, I, I heard recently that some people get, um, triggered by using that term spectrum so uh more so like you know there's this plane and for me i think it's just like a little bit over here a little bit over there but for you guys there's a solid circle of this is what it means to be an athlete this is what it means to be athletic and this is what it is to to not be viewed that way and for me it's just kind of like a little bit yes a little bit no well, well, no, I, I think that, thankfully, the world is redefining what it means to be an athlete. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have those who think that athletes should, quote unquote, shut up and dribble. You know, you have athletes who are incredibly um, uh, entrepreneurial and who are amazing philanthropists and who are motivate, more motivational off the court. They're out of their their area of physical endeavor than than actually than in it. So so no, and, and your answer is sufficient. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't want you to think that what you're saying somehow doesn't fall within what I accept as an answer. Um, but I, I just thought it was an interesting space where other people might be. So I wanted to hear as much from it as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. Um, so how would you balance? sports failure with building up the motivation to continue to compete. And I'll I'll um I'll start this one. The reason why that question um really stuck to me is I, I believe success is all about failing forward, right? And I read this article, it was it was actually a Harvard Business Review article where they said that um I think quarterbacks, football quarterbacks uh are have like the highest uh, recovery rate from failure. Like if you 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 throw a bad pass, um, you know it all bad. You got people booing at you, but you can't stay in that space. You have to be able to to switch it right back on, get right back out there, and do what you need to do. So um, 
I'm interested about your perspective on on failure. So I from an athletic perspective, I've I've in my view, I failed one time. Um <laughs> and only once. And that was when I tore my ACL playing pickup basketball. Um and the reason why I see that as a failure is because, like I said, I was just out playing ball with my boys. But I, that was my senior year in high school. I missed my water polo season and I missed the majority of my swim season. Interesting. And there were two teams. Of, that, was, that was my year to be captain. That was my year to, to really contribute in those two areas where I had put in the work consistently with a program and I blew it doing you know, nothing that I wasn't supposed to do, but I blew it doing things that weren't part of that program. And so that's where I felt I let the members of my team down by mm. just kind of, by, by doing things, you know, that were just kind of on the side. But what I learned from that is that there's always value that you can give. True. You, know, you, can, you can support. Um, you see athletes sometimes that when they're injured, they don't go to the game, you know? Um, and I'm not knocking anybody's rehab process, but... I think uh, my coach made me sit on the bench um, closest to him um, for those games that I miss. And I appreciate it because one, sitting next to the coach is where you learn the most. Right. Um, but two, I allow, I wanted my team and he saw the importance of my team knowing that I was still there for them and that I would support them the best way that I could. Real quick, I just want to say, B, before you jump in, I want to say I, I am... I was pleasantly surprised. Not pleasant. Well, man, I was surprised by your answer. I I really thought you were gonna go to a time where you quit, as opposed to a, you know a, a time when you let when you where you feel like you let people down. Um, that you you subverted my expectations, and I love it. That's a that's a great uh, learning I just had about you. Thank you for sharing sure. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and for the record, I've never quit in sports. <laughs> that's why he's like, I've quit. Not that wasn't I mean, I've lost. I've lost. <laughs> I got beat down, but I've never quit. <laughs> B, how about you, man? What was the question again? So the question is, how would you balance sports failure with building up uh, the motivation to continue to compete? That's the official question. All right. Um, so that question takes me back. You know, I was always, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the bigger kids in, in every sport that I played. And when I got to high school as a freshman, <clears throat> the uh, varsity football coach saw me on freshman orientation was like, we're running you on JV because we're going to get you ready for varsity. And my first JV practice on the first play, I remember it vividly. Um, the quarterback fumbled the ball and I dove for it just to show effort. And the whole team dove on my arm and it snapped ah. in half. Oh my God. So first play, first day of practice, first half hour. Um, I was in an ambulance going to um, Children's Hospital to get a cast. And I had a full arm cast from my fingers to my shoulder. And they only had one color remaining uh, because there were all of these limbs that were broken at the doctor. Um, so I had a neon green cast on. Um, and I was just devastated because here it was 
my parents and my dad never really pushed me to play football or sports, but I, I felt that I had failed my coach because he had so much high praise for me. And I just remember I went into a depression because homecoming was like right around the corner and, you know, I didn't want to go and I'm struggling with this cast. I couldn't sleep. And, and you know, it was just a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I just remember that carries with me through this day. And it was kind of talking myself off the ledge. Like, yeah. look, yeah, it broke, but it's going to heal. Like, you will be able to play again. Like, my parents were doing that same thing. Like, freak accidents happen. And so how I deal with it is knowing that, kind of going back to what D said, you ain't going to drown, right? And a loss is only going to help build up the capacity to, to respect the win and respect the process. And so, you know, earlier on in my process, it was all about the win. It was never really about the action. Like it was never really about the camaraderie. It was never really about the fellowship. So I, I look at sports failure as just a part of, if, if you're going to be an athlete, you have to accept what comes with it. Like you have to accept. And winning is only winning when you have enjoyed the failure. And so that's mm-hmm. how I really try to approach not only sports, but like fathering, like husbanding, like working, like all of those different things. And that God says there are going to be some days that are going to be sunny. But if I live in these blessings, I also have to accept the fact that some of these days are not going to be as as as, as great as, as others. So it's a part of the process, man. I, I just want to build again. I, I just find it fascinating. Like I feel like both of your stories involved external forces. And they were internal too, right? Because well, I talked about how my dad poured into me about baseball, right? No, no, no. This particular one, meaning like, yeah. you know, yeah, you you going for the ball is part of the game, mm-hmm. right? Your arm getting broken, I view as part I mean, of the game too. Is a part of the game, you know, mm-hmm. but that connecting to failure um you know that it's just insightful for me yeah yeah and notice that we didn't say anything about like losing a game that's what i'm saying right we didn't say anything yeah. about and, and and i feel that that is what gets lost a lot of times in sports is that you have to be willing to recognize that you are not going to always win and even if you do have you know a season where you've won all your games a loss could be perceived as an injury. A loss could be your parents not being able to come to that championship game. A loss could be you asking that particular girl out for a date because you think you a hot athlete and she says no, right? Like it, it could be a number of things, but being an athlete is a process and you have to be able to look at many different layers because it's not just what you do on the field because we can all talk about athletes that are great on the field, but they're terrible teammates. Right. Like no tip and Pippin. like Pippin has been so far removed from basketball, but that is still known about him. And the same thing about Jordan. And I'm like, I would much rather be a part of a process where my teammates like playing with me. And like you said, Harris, like I'm motivated by my teammates and I motivate them and I pour into them versus being that best athlete. But don't nobody want to have anything to do with me. Let me ask you guys this. We all have young children, right? My daughter's the oldest at 10. Their athletic career is, <laughs> is wet, 
much less uh, in, paved in stone. If if our children decided that sports wasn't for them, right? What areas would you like to see them learn the lessons that that sports often teaches? That's a great question. Now is going to be an athlete. Sadie's going to be an athlete. That's just it. Okay. Just hands that. down. <laughs> but that, 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 I mean, but it's not going to be like football or anything like that. Like, sure. It, I mean, I just, I want them to play something. Like, I want them to engage in some sort of physical. So uh, talk activity. about why that's so important. Because, you know, there's something just about being on a team. Like, there's something about being able to face adversity and knowing that if you play your part with these four other folks, that the odds of you being able to get over this challenge is much greater and using that as a microcosm of like what we do in life. And there is just something with taking some lumps, like getting hit, getting pushed around and doing the same thing for, for a common, common goal. So that's why it's important to me. Like I was, I was really dead set on my, my kids playing football. Like they're going to play football. Your daddy played football. You're going to play football. But now I'm like, nah, like whatever you want to play, whatever you want to do, like I am here to support that. So that's why that's, you playing something, whether it's okay. whether it's instruments, whether it's you doing something. Okay, Harris. So, you know, I I don't know if you guys would agree, but I view playing pool as a sport. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, so I would want them to. I want them to do some some kind of team um yeah something with the team but i want it to be based on their passion like i don't want to i don't want it to be something that i have to beg them to go to every week um you know so that for me that's the thing it's about passion and i and i'm not talking about oh i don't want to go this week because you know um yeah, I'm afraid of of looking bad or something like that. But I mean, like something that they're like they just have that energy around. Like when I hear y'all, I hear B. I I hear you talking about that energy. You know, like you wanted to play football. Yeah, wanted to, and that's what I'm looking for with the girls. Like, what what do they want to? Yeah, and I want them. Um, and and from that, once I see that, then yeah. I'm all in, and my expectations are about them. You know, similarly, learning team dynamics, learning that just because uh, somebody's mad at you doesn't mean the relationship's over. You got to keep, mm, yeah, pushing forward. Well, D- let me let me let me just say this: I didn't know water polo existed until I was mm. on the team. That was a back to school night. My mom says I got a fat kid; he's gonna be on the swim team. And my coach was like, it's not swim season, it's water polo season. And she said, okay, he's going to be on that team. Mm-hmm. So like, wow. there was not wow. an opportunity to express a passion. I was like, the, the what? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. but, but similarly, everybody I know, including the two of you, has a job that they didn't know existed when they mm-hmm. were a child. Yeah, right. right. So, so exposure, like it's... It's key. You, 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 ex- without exposures, you can't even know if it's something that, that you like. And that, okay, and now I'm tracking. Agreed. And so Agreed. You have a, so, you have a, um, you have a, re- uh, not a responsibility. Responsibility. No, 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 no. I'm saying the, the two of you, I think what I've been missing is that y'all are trying to say, where's the intentionality around athletic exposure? 
Well, you keep saying, if they express interest, I'm willing to do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, how can they express interest if they don't that have an it, opportunity to exactly. know it exists? Like that mm-hmm. if has to be connected to something, right? Because one of the sports that I never felt that I had the capacity to play was hockey. I loved hockey as a kid, but I didn't see any black hockey players. I didn't have an ice skating rink around us, and there was no one around me that poured into me when it came to ice skating. That's how I also felt with lacrosse. Now, here I am living on the East Coast, and lacrosse is huge. And I'm like, I want Nas to be able to see this or Sadia to be able to see this to then make the choice on whether or not that they they want to play. So exposure is, is definitely key. But then also, like you said, Harris, being able to foster that excitement with then being able to make that the connection between you, that child, or whatever that sport or that thing may be. Like, I, would, I, I want them to swim. And one of the things I've been talking to you about, Harris and D, is about like, where are the black swim clubs? Like, I want my son and my daughter to see black swim instructors. I want them to see other people swimming because exposure is important, but also represent, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, representation is also important to, to me as well. So all of these things are important. So for me, it's the thing about play. Like, I learned how to swim and I didn't realize that a lot of my friends didn't know how to swim, uh, especially as I got older. Like, you know, I grew up in an apartment complex that had a pool. Um, so that's exposure. But you know, my parents never took me to the pool. <laughs> like, I learned how to swim from almost drowning. Uh, when, when you say exposure, uh, like, my parents didn't expose me to much. My personality was. I, I, I'm i like my daughter, Nisia. I'm like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Even if I saw it on TV, like, oh, I want to try that. I want to try that. I was always bored as a child. So, um, you know, I view it as, yeah, if, if y'all are doing something, I would I would go to support. You know, if you invited me to uh, Ella's game, I'd be there. If you invited me to, uh, you know, to Nas Asadi's game, I'd be there and I'd take the the kids. Um, I think we live a lifestyle where uh, it's like, let's just try it. You know, we're both artists. So, and maybe I take that for granted how much we just try stuff and go places and do things, you know. So, I just, I just see it as an innate part of who we are and not like something I have to plan for. So, real quick, before we ask the last question. Every February in D.C., there's a Black History Swim Invitational Swim Meet where black kids come from all around. It's, it's all kids, but there are huge black teams in this area. And, and it's at Tacoma Pool. Um, oh, in Maryland? No, no, Tacoma in, in D.C. Okay, okay. Uh, it's like five blocks from my house. Let, let's make it a point to, to, to go yes. together. Yes. I think it would be great to get yeah. the kids there. Um, let me ask this as, as we wind down. Um, we're fathers in changing times. Um, we have girls, Brian, you have a boy and a girl. Um, one of the hot topics right now is around um, trans kids playing sports. Uh, what, if anything, do you think about it? Listen, I mean, we are in a changing dynamic. Right. Like and and you know, being a former educator, 
whatever lane a child is able to have that helps them feel whole, I'm a supporter. Right? I'm 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 a supporter. Um, I ultimately want all kids to be happy. I want all kids to reach their fullest potential. And as a parent, if there was a kid out there that is in transition playing a sport with my children, I'm all for it. Like, I'm all for it. And that conversation that I'll have with my kids will be one at which don't be like your dad and be aggressive and be um, disrespectful, right? Like, that's your teammate. That's your teammate. Doesn't matter. That's your teammate. And there are going to be folks and parents and other coaches and players that have a stance that's going to go against your teammate. You stand by your teammate at all costs. So that is going to be how I pour into my son and my daughter when, if they are ever confronted with a team with that unique dynamic. Appreciate that. What about you, Harris? Yeah, in a similar vein, um, so again, when I when I think about sports, you know, my brain goes to pool. Uh, my brain goes to to dance. Uh, you know, I mean, these these are sports, right? Um, I don't think that it 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 it's not a it's not a barrier. It's not a barrier for me with someone being trans. Um, it just it just isn't. Uh, so I know for some people it's a thing about oh you know testosterone levels and and all that stuff and I I don't play I, I don't feel like I'm in the game enough to be able to say to use those examples um, as to why or why not somebody should be in the game um, and again like I said for me it's about the camaraderie so. It's about the people less less than it is about the gender. Um, so it doesn't bother me, but I do wonder, um, you know, when, when I hear people and their arguments, I feel out of my depth because I don't, um, you know, I don't sport at that level. Um, so I am interested in hearing more about you know where what people why what are what are people's reasonings behind it, but my reasoning behind it is the camaraderie and the you know the um the friendship. All right. So my opinion it was swayed because I just didn't know. I I, yeah. I wasn't sure how I felt about it. It wasn't something that I had given a lot of thought to. Um. But when presented, um, what my friend Elliot, because I want to give people a shout out who help you expand and grow. Uh, what my, my friend shared with me is, you know, why, why do we play sports? You know, all, if you run down the top 10, 15, like statistical reasons why we involve kids in, in sports, um, better grades, sense of self. Um, responsibility to community, better self-impression, lower suicide rates. Um, and then you the flip side of all the things that shorten the lives of of um, of trans people, it it tends to be um, other other than violence uh, against them. Um, 
causes of death, suicide, um, poor health um, for for an, a myriad of reasons. And it, it, they basically are mirror images of itself. Like youth sports is damn near, uh, w- would be a prescription for, for any um, young trans student um, it, from, from my perspective, because it's exactly the things that, that support what tend to ail um, those youth. And so um, when, when you put it in that perspective, hey, we're trying to give these kids um, an opportunity full and happy and well-engaged lives. Um, there's nothing I would do that to stand in the way of that. And if it meant that my daughter w- wasn't a starter, then my daughter needs to work harder. Like I'm not even tripping off of that. So here's a question for you. Do you think that if we were in the 80s or the 90s, that that same perspective that you have would be the same? Like, do you think, do you think that how we are becoming more inclusive is allowing for you to have that perspective, or is that just rooted in your values? So framed in the way that I framed it, that would have been a logic that I would have always been, um, that, well, that I like to believe would have been um, compelling to me even then. Yeah. But, you know, I hope, I hope. I can't say for certain, but, but when you're talking about people's right to live, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like I just thought that people got to, should, should live in like, you know, 2015. <laughs> So, but society is moving slowly. Um, Harris, you were saying something? Okay. So, my concern is their well being in the environment. You know, so I guess when I think about it, I'm, again, I think about things holistically. Um, I, yes, I want them to be present, but I want them to be in an environment that's not going to push them towards, uh, you know, being bullied and, you know, the higher suicide rates uh, that that come because of that. So it's funny if I was on a team and there was a, there was a, there was a, uh, a trans athlete, my work would be going around. How is this a hospitable space? How is this, uh, you know, nurturing for everyone here? Like that's where my mind goes. Um, you know, but I, I am afraid if there is a team where that work isn't being done, the harm that that could cause as well. So I'm always, I am always leery of thoughtful objections, right? And what I mean by that is, because that's the same thing they used to say about black athletes and and, um, integrated teams. Well, we're concerned about the safety of the black athletes. I'm okay, but these other guys may not accept them. Or, or, you know, uh, you look tired, you should take a nap. When the other party that is is objecting to the presence is, is doing it out of consideration for the party that is not getting the opportunity. That type of thoughtful objection um, makes me raise an eyebrow. I think. Yeah. If, now I only brought it up because you brought well, it up. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me finish. I was just saying. If, if <laughs> Don't paint me in that picture. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm just saying my my natural response to the thoughtful objection. Um, but I think once that person's on the team, it's the team's responsibility to do the work, no matter what. Right. What is giving you? Hope, what's inspiring you? Um, 
you know, what what's what's got you looking towards the future? Uh, I'm looking forward to I am looking forward to learning. I'm in a space of 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 learning right now. Um you know, with all the routine that we we have going on, I feel like it's opening up more space to um to do a little bit more reading. And if anything specifically, um we're learning a lot more about there's just a, there are a lot more resources for homeschool homeschooling right now around um, you know children of color and there's a lot of work around the you know critical race theory and yeah you know, how how can that be implemented you know, in education so Mallory and I are really leaning into that so um, yeah I'm I'm really excited about like our next phase for homeschooling and what we'll learn as parents, but then also how we'll be raising our children with that in mind. B, what's what's giving you hope and faith? What's got you inspired? Man, I'll, I'll keep it simple, man. I'm just happy for the city of Milwaukee, you know, to be honest. I mean, it's been a city that has been just deeply rooted in just tragedy. And, and, and this is a great moment for triumph for, you know, the citizens of Milwaukee. Um, you know, that championship it means a lot in bringing people together. Um, so yeah, man, that's what's giving me motivation. I'm just happy to see all the, the positive press um, about the city and seeing us on the news and, and, and you know, it means a lot for a lot of people. So, you know, it's happy to be able to share in that moment with, with, with my city and, and my mom's funny story though. So my mom dropped me off at the airport, coming back to DC. My mom called me right up. She was like, you won't believe what just happened. And I was like, what mom? She said, I went to Chick-fil-A. And I was like, thanks, mom. I'm glad she, it's a life-changing moment. She was like, but guess who was in front of me? I was just like, I don't know who. She said, Giannis. She said, Giannis was in the Mercedes in front of me and he just ordered 50 chicken nuggets. And I was like, mom, you, you, you playing around. And then lo and behold, on his social media, Giannis is ordering 50 chicken nuggets and my mom was right behind him. So I'm like, that's, that's, that's definitely a moment. So I'm just happy for the city. Yeah, that's dope. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited that the world is seeing a return on the investment of black girls as athletes. Mm. You know, if, if you if you take a moment and just think of who has taken the world by storm in the last couple years, yep. um, it's it's black women as athletes, and, yeah. and that started. You know, you have. You know, Monet Davis, the, the little league pitcher um, mm-hmm. who pitched a shutout, uh, you know, some years ago. But, you know, Simone Biles is killing the game. You have um, my personal favorite, Ashley Johnson, who is the, the water polo, uh, the, the goalie on the, the women's water polo team. Um, Shikari Richardson, even though she won't be able to compete in this year's Olympics, she, she's got the world's attention. Um, you know, tennis um, is is littered with. Now I don't want to use the word littered. Tennis is full of of black women who are crushing it. I mean, even Coco Golf at fifteen is 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 doing her thing. Um, but I'm just really excited because, you know, so many girls and particularly um, girls of color aren't given opportunities. Um, but they are showing improvement in, in higher percentages in my in my estimation that given the opportunity to just be in the game and, and they're wrecking it. And and we can't forget our um 
the current script spelling bee champion, um, who, you know, she won the spelling bee, Zaila Avant Garde, she won the spelling bee. And and then says spelling is like her side thing. Her real her real love is basketball. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and just a a real quick shout. Um, YouTube her while she is dribbling basketballs. It has nothing to do with basketball. Just look at the room that she is in, and that room is filled with activities. You know, there's like hula hoops. There's pictures that are interesting, and it, it just shows that like. Invest in your kids and give them, you know, outlets. Some they'll they'll reject, some they'll accept. But like, it, you never know. You just you just never know. That wasn't what what she was on track to do. She's only been spelling for the last two years. So I just love the diversity of excellence that we see with Black women and girls right now. It, it is far overdue, and and I think that if we continue to look, we'll 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 see more and more. Um, examples of it. So I'm excited and I want to make sure that I beat Ella down with all of these examples so that she can pay for her own way. We use a different paraphrase. Yeah, right. We yeah, please. Pour into. Nope. Yeah, nope. something. Nope. nope. I'm the heavy. I am the heavy. There, no, there is no subtle messaging in the Bruder household. <laughs> I can't get that. I mean, but, you know, like, uh, here now too. We, we ain't beating nobody down, baby, okay? We ain't nah, beating nah, Listen, yeah, as 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 Sadia drinks milk from a basketball uh, shaped uh, bottle. <laughs> That's true. That is definitely subliminal <laughs> message. Don't worry about it. You can be whatever you want, girl, as long milk. as the point oh, guard. <laughs> it's your drink of future. Drink it. You got something you want to say, baby? But uh, get my bottle back. My bottle back. Exactly. <laughs> So, yo, this has been the Dad Jeans Podcast. This has been our episode on kids and sports. Um, there's so many things that we could have talked about. Um, please continue to, to send us your questions. Um, we, we'd love to keep this conversation going on socials, on Facebook, uh, wherever you find us. We, we appreciate this opportunity. Um, and for all those who've given us five-star reviews in the past, thank you. Please sure. continue to keep them coming. What they do is they show that that this show is an investment in the kinds of things that you want to hear more about. And so uh, we can be found on Facebook and on Instagram at Dad Jeans Podcast. Five stars. And give us those five stars on Apple. Five stars. Five stars. Cinco estrellas. <laughs> All right. We, we, on that note, stay yeah. safe, stay sane, <laughs> do good. And until next time, peace. Peace.